Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Today's guest on the Sandro Forte podcast is Tony Trowers, an award-winning investor and entrepreneur with over 35 years of experience in property management and financial services. Within that time, he has gained a wealth of knowledge which has led him to successfully establishing an integrated group of companies, an extensive property portfolio, and it's seen him become part of the Planning Futures Committee think tank who are responsible for developing the future planning development of the UK. More recently, he has branched out into the world of beauty and aesthetics and will be launching a restaurant and bar to offer a one-stop shop where people can be pampered, refreshed and fine-dined. So a warm welcome on the Sandro Forte podcast today to my guest, Tony Trowers. And I introduce you, Tony, with a degree of envy. What a CV that is. Oh, well, thank you, Sandro, and good morning to you all. Um, and thank you once again for inviting me on your show. Well, we um, we don't have a podcast without great people like you, and we've been trying to get you on the schedule for for quite some time. Obviously, difficult times at the moment. We'll probably touch on those as we as we have a chat. But let's start for those people who don't know Tony Trowers. I mean, you have a reputation that precedes you, but not necessarily everyone will know who who we're speaking to today, Tony. So, if you wouldn't mind just kind of rewinding the clock, what about your childhood and ultimately, I suppose where your love and desire to go into the property industry first came from. And then we'll kind of talk about some of the other things on that CV. Okay, yeah. Um, my childhood, well, but firstly, I'm Afro-Caribbean. I'm obviously from a family of six children, um, three boys and three girls, myself being the eldest. Um, uh, my childhood uh, was, a, was a reasonably tough childhood, but, uh, but being honest, it was, uh, you know, we did the normal things, um, as you would do as a, as a young child, you know, as a boy going off on your bike, fishing, you know, uh, with your friends and obviously going up to the youth club and really, you know, having many friends, you know, you get up to all sorts. Um, my parents were sort of quite strict and, and I was brought up to understand good values and be, to be respectful and polite and courteous and um, you know as, as a family uh, uh, keeping it brief really you know we sat around the table in those days not like today uh, to discuss casually what we had done for the day you know really sort of establishing good communication with one another and sort of after passing my 11 plus I then went on to grammar school and as quite a shy boy I always got my head down to do well at school and then sort of leading myself then to really have a desire to do something with myself. So that was leading myself to to to, to play, uh, believe it or not, several musical instru instruments, which was a, a sort of trumpet, piano and tuba. And uh, the musical director of uh, Jolly's Nightclub, if uh, one remembers, the famous nightclub in Stoke-on-Trent, that was where all the um, stars used to perform um, of the day. Uh, the musical director, John Simons, uh, was my music teacher uh, who encouraged me to learn to play a brass instrument, uh, one being a trumpet, then onto an E-flat bass, and then uh, a bit of piano. So uh, I, I took this up with, you know, with the greatest delight because 
what I can remember, um, only three of us were selected at school to learn. Um, we had our own personal tutor, um, and that was uh, by a, a a guy, bless him, who's, who's no longer around, which is a great trombonist by the name of Tom Barlow. Um, and I think he played in the Fairy Engineering Band, which is a famous band, and the Black Dyke Mills Band. Uh, and, and and what I used to do, I used to spend my dinner break practicing, and and I and mastered uh, music pretty quickly. And and I was then uh, went on to be selected for an audition for the Staffordshire Brass Band and Jazz Band, of which I uh, I, I got in with Flying Colours. Um, I was I was sort of driven really to, to want to be the best at what I, I was ever going to do in my life and I was honoured to perform um, in front of the Royal Family at the Royal Albert Hall in front of 4,000 people. Uh, I've been the first time I've been to, to, to London, this uh, young boy of 14 uh, at the time, um, never been to London, never really moved out of uh, Staffordshire, you know, big city bright lights, you know, very imp impressive. Um, it was a daunting and, and, and very nerve-wracking. But that said, uh, it was a great uh, a great experience. Um, after that, during my music career, I then went on to at Varsal at school. I then went on to um, sit my musical exam and I achieved the highest theory mark in the Midlands. Um, and uh, that was uh, a, a great achievement that I felt because obviously you can imagine how many school pupils were taking that musical exam at that particular time and I happened to be the one that was at the top of the tree. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that was um, a brief uh, box about my uh, childhood and um, mm, um, that that's really sums it up. Wow. So um, how, how did... So I'll tell you what I've heard so far, which is a very interesting... Uh, take on your journey so far, Tony, because what I heard is, you know, you were pretty academic at school, you know, you worked hard, you did pretty well. Um, uh -huh. It doesn't strike me, and I say this with great respect, it doesn't uh, strike me that you kind of uh, were born to be a natural musician. You, you, what I heard was discipline, you gave up your lunch times uh, to practice and practice until you obviously mastered um, a range of skills and that seems from everything I know about you seems to have kind of followed you through life because everything you've done has been uh, born of perseverance and a real commitment to everything that you've done would, would that be fair because it's an important message here that a lot of people who listen to this podcast Tony say oh well you know Tony was uh, born with a silver spoon in his mouth or Tony was you know, <laughs> just a natural musician it all yeah. came easy for him what would you what would your message be to people who say oh well you know Tony had it all on a plate. It was so much easier for him because, because, because. Well, do you know what? I mean, you're absolutely right there. You know, coming from coming back in those days, you know, and I suppose being the only sort of black kid in the in, in, in the school playground, you know, you, you had to sort of strive for bigger and better things, and you had to earn your, the respect of us. I suppose earn your stripes by, you know, getting yourself involved, whether it was sport, whether it's music or whatever that may be, you know, you had to sort of, you know, really sort of work hard to achieve um, uh, some type of success and some recognition and acknowledgement. You know, I mean, for me, I was very grateful to be given that opportunity from uh, my music teacher at that particular time. And, and, and 
actually, I resonate back to being at home where my father used to play a lot of jazz records, etc. And I suppose, um, you know, me being into music naturally, and, and, and obviously from our sort of um, our backgrounds, we're into that to, into music naturally. It, it just suited me uh, right to the ground, and, and it, it was something that I was so passionate about that I would practice after school two or three hours a day, every day. Uh, to, the, to the to point where you know I perfected the instrument and and I, and I still love it today. Um, although I don't play because I'm very busy, you know, um, with my businesses. Um, I often attend uh, Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club in London, uh, the Six Oh Six Club, and um, the Peter Express, uh, which I love going to. So that's I suppose uh, says it all. But. Uh, likewise, I, you know, I was not um, born with a silver spoon in the mouth. You know, it was, it was pure tenacity, tenacity, passion, belief. You know, belief building confidence. Confidence then takes you to a, you know, to something else. And it was just about really being me, but also at the same time being mentally strong, and you know, batting away an adversity that ever came to me. Because obviously, you can imagine in those days, you know, as a black person. You know, we, 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 I got a lot of stick. We got a lot of stick. But that said, you know, I'm a believer that um, you have to just push through those barriers and push, push them down, keep them down. And the way you keep them down is by being self-disciplined with a passion, with a desire and with confidence to, to, to crack on with what your journey is, is, is set out to be. So from talented musician, Tony, to a property tycoon, what made you feel ready to open your pillar box group property management company off the back of, there's another thing that a lot of people won't know about you, off the back of your art plastering business? Right. Okay. Good question. Art plastering business. Uh, art plastering was formed in 1983. Um, I just remember. It's a long time ago. That makes me an old man now. But that said, 1983. Uh, and, and I seized the opportunity um, to... Um, take up the trade um, because uh, plastering at those times just seemed to be a, 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 a particular job in the building industry at, at the bottom end of the uh, bottom end rather than being a doctor or nurse or anything else like that and, and lots of other trades as well in the construction industry so I, I went out to sort of learn a trade um, obviously in plastering at, and at the age of 20 and uh, I was taught by um, by two elder gentlemen that brought me through the ranks uh, for two or three years. And I mastered the trick that they, again, I mastered the, the, the craft of plastering. And I then uh, had an opportunity to uh, be invited to tender uh, for some work. And, and that happened to be um, a site um, near to, to where I live. Um, and it was, a, it was a, a site where they were doing a lot of um, remodernisation work. Um, they were inviting subcontractors to, 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 to come and do some work. Now, basically, the reason for that was because the main contractor that happened to be a plastic contractor, a big company, could not cope. So me being just the one-man bander at the time, if you like, was invited. I saw an advert in the, in the paper, the local paper. I went down. 
and uh, uh, spoke to the site manager. Site manager asked me, you know, if I'd be interested. I said yes. Uh, I said, but to be honest, I don't have the funds or, or anything else to be able to supply the materials because it, it was a supply fix. But they said that they would supply the materials, but you know, and we'll just pay you labour and we'll pay you weekly. I thought, well, that's great. That's a good start um, because at the end of the day, we didn't have any money and I had to start somewhere. So. I always knew what my mission was going to be because what I actually did is that I walked around the site where the other contractor or the main contractor, which is on the other phase of the site, was working to look at their standard of work. So when I uh, was given my property to, 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 to plaster, um, I plastered that, that, that property to perfection. And I mean to perfection where you could eat your, your dinner off the floor, you know, the present, the, the, the windows were clean, it was gleaming, it was fresh, you know, the, the, the angles were sharp, and the walls were that ultra smooth, whatever, you know, it, it, it was it was perfected. And uh, there was a site visit from um, the chairman of the company, and obviously the, the directors, and they walked into my plot, if you, as, as you like, and, and, and asked, and I was, I was actually in their plot, that plot at the time, you know, is this your plot? Did, have you done this? I says, yeah. And they said to me, how about taking the whole of the site? Well, that was a bit of a daunting task and, uh, to try and absorb, and, and, it's, and it took my breath away a little bit, really, because, you know, they asked me to take over the site. So I asked, this, this, the, the next few houses or the whole site? You've already got a main contractor. No, the whole site. So I says, well... How, how would I go about that? Because I financially could not be able to, 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 to support myself to start to, to, to supply material. So they said, well, what we would do, we would do this on a labour base, a labour only basis. If you can get any more operatives that are as good as you, then we'll gladly entertain having you on site to take over and we will support you. So... In those days, we were paid an, a nominal fee for a tradesman and a nominal fee for a labourer. So what I did then is that all the good plasterers that I knew um, around that particular time, their, 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 their payments uh, were, I was paying probably 10 or 50% more uh, than that would they would already be getting from elsewhere, which meant that um, I'd have five or six plasterers and labourers working for me on a day work basis, but at the same time, I was establishing profit out of those five or six plasters, which then gave me the bug to start to build and grow the company. Mm. Wow. I mean, so many strings to your bow, the musical theme coming back there. Um, now, let's just put this into perspective. You haven't just built a property uh, portfolio business of repute but you've actually won numerous awards as well so you know um you've gone above and beyond most people what do you think then tony uh you offer that's made you award-winning material I, th I think i think at the end of the day sandra it's 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 about your passion your tenacity your belief you know your self-discipline and you know what i offer is that i will run the distance for anybody this this good to me and I will do more than I need to do, you know. I've always been a very accommodating in every shape or form, you know. And it's and, and it's it's you know coming from a, a background where 
you know, things were a little bit tough. You know, you, you, you appreciate that, you know, you, you know, you wake up every day and I wake up and I love going to work, you know, and, and you know, I've, I have at this moment in time, you know, around 140 odd staff. Um, on the plastering side of the business, which is booming, you know, and obviously we managed to ride the storm through every single recession. Um, and, you know, we're, we're flying, you know, we're absolutely flying, but we were flying for a reason. And that is because I'm very much on, on, on you know, um, engaged with my, my people that work with for me. I'm one of them, you know, and I'm without me. Uh, they wouldn't be where they are. Without them, I wouldn't be where I am. So, you know, we appreciate one another, you know, and it's and it, and it gives me great pleasure to sort of, you know, inspire those that want to get on. And, and anybody that wants to get on, I'm always there to support them in whatever that journey may be. You know, and my journey has been, yes, uh, wearing many hats and yes, everything that I've always believed in. Um, I've really studied hard, you know, um, for example, you know, running a business is not easy, uh, but what you've got to do and adapt to is you've got to learn everything. And that's what I did. And when I started my business, you know, I learned to do accounting, you know, I learned management skills. Um, obviously, we're going through the, you know, the drill of you know, health and safety, you know, and really people management as well. And, and that's the key, you know, people management and, and making sure that, you know, they're on your side and, you know, you don't create enemies. And even though you may have, you know, the odd person that made to sort of tackle or challenge you, you know, you just have to be absolutely professional because never, ever close doors. You never know where you're going to meet them, you know, and and, and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, that, that's that's my general sort of um, um point in terms of that, where, how I've achieved what I've achieved. I mean, it's just that I'm a, a visionary, I'm a believer, you know, I, and I and I love doing what I do. And it's all about the challenge. And I yeah. love challenges. I don't watch much too much to TV. I only read books and I study and I'm interested in what's going on in around the world. And, and what I do sometimes... I see certain things in certain um, uh, businesses where I can use their uh, their skill and adapt it to mine, you know, yeah. and it might resonate, it might not. But, I mean, most of the time, you know, that's how I tend to operate. It's, I think it's just a natural skill that you have when you sort of try to develop business that, you know, you just got to get the right foundations in first and build from there. You know, you can't build a house and put the reef on without a solid foundation. And a solid foundation, obviously, is ensuring that your business is solid from the ground upwards. That means, for me, and I have to lead by example. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, Tony, wearing many hats. Uh, now, is that um, is that about limited attention span or is that about diversification or is it just the fact you have a joy of many different things? Because there's, it's interesting because your take will be different to many because many other guests might say, you know, just be the master of one perfect your trade don't worry about you know diversification you you tend to have an opposite view from from everything i know about you is it is it limited attention span or is it just you know? yeah, i can answer i can answer that i can answer okay. that well well basically you know as a plant right my main core business at the time was, 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 a, was a plastic contractor you know we've been around for 30 years at the highest level working for you know for the top 10 plcs you know winning every award going 
under on, on, on you know, the, the National House Builders, along with an NHBC. And, you know, within that business of mine, we have a spine. On, obviously, I'm, I'm like the chairman of the group of companies that I'm associated with. But within Art Plastic Systems Limited, um, I have I have a team of uh, construction directors, surveyors, accountants, um, secretary, um, site supervisors, and so on and so forth. And basically, we don't go looking for work that comes to us because we have a reputation of delivering quality and working to tight deadlines and, and understanding the business that we're in alongside with our partners, if you like, which are the public limited companies and the top 10 um, in the country. So uh, in respect of the plastering side of business, um, my, my time is that I've built that business over those years, but basically de- delegated you know, certain positions to continue the running of the business because it's just an generic. It runs by itself uh, because everything is just um, spec housing, speculative housing, and it's just placing labour to execute the works and then obviously, you know, draw down on that and move to the next one. So off the back of the plastering business, that's obviously made great profits. That then uh, moved me into the property sector because all I ever did was um, sort of invest all profit back into property portfolio. And that's what I did for my businesses. And that's what I've done to be able to give me and create liquidity to do other things. And perhaps this is where you sort of fall into the place of I'm, wear, I'm wearing many hats. So many opportunities always pass my, uh, come across my desk. And sometimes, you know, I, I like to fancy myself at uh, thinking that I could do this. But, you know, what I do is that it's probably with a person that's got a great idea. And what I normally do is that maybe I'm the investor, uh, if you like, uh, but because I'm also uh, bringing the experience within what I'm getting into, even though I know enough to start the business and have a vision, and maybe I could sort of mould it a little bit different, uh, if you like, to turning the pig's ear into a silk purse, because I'm a bit of a creative perfectionist in terms of what I like to do, and I like to be quite articulate how I like things done, you know, and, and so on and so forth. I think that's why I have so many different hats. So um, no better person to ask than you, Tony, in terms of the current situation we find ourselves in in the world and, um, you know, tragic loss of life, the the economic implications for lots of people, uh, the struggles of people being kind of uh, locked down and and so on, and clearly the impact that it's going to have on a a lot of businesses and people's jobs. Um, That current pandemic uh, and the impact that it's going to have on every aspect of society in the long term how do you see it affecting your business and what strategies in particular do you have in place to adapt and recover from the crisis? You've already mentioned that, you know, you've, you've lived and worked through many recessions. So, you know, you've kind of got that expertise and that experience. What, what advice would you give to people who are dealing with the same uh, issues that we're all facing at the moment who may really be struggling to see the wood for the trees? I think, you know, obviously, the, pan- the pandemic will affect every business, you know, and it has done with immediate effect because, you know, no business will trade uh, p- p- until, uh, you know, this is over. Or, or if they do trade, it will always be a very slow slow build-up. Um, and, you know, in many cases, you'll, you'll find that uh, businesses will have to adjust. Um, I, I, my, my, my philosophy will be to sort of cut back the tree, if you like, where you can. 
Um, look at the options that the government has given you in terms of support for your businesses. You know, obviously they've got the job retention scheme. Um, I think there's a deferment of VAT and income tax payments, which certainly will help. Um, and then there's also the cash grants for retail. Um, I'm led to believe as well. So, uh, and one other thing, the um, business rates um, that obviously everybody will be getting a, a, a grant um, depending where they lie with the rateable value. But, you know, we don't know where we're going to be at this moment in time. You know, you look at the property market, the property market was booming um, or starting to, to, to boom after Brexit. You know, there's a significant increase. We had record sales in, in, in February. Um, I think it's too early to, to, to see what the impact is now. Um, I would say in another two or three months, then we'll actually see where the housing market's going to be. But I think, in, in all honesty, I think we've all sort of got to sort of look at where we can um, sort of put a, a sticking plaster on, on, on your position as a business. And how you manage that is that you need to... Uh, Call all your sort of providers and look at your liabilities. Try and you know get some holiday breaks and, and payments. Uh, defer them at, at, at as much as you possibly can, and communicate with your employees and see how we can do things better. And, and obviously, conclude a plan moving forward. Mm. So we've gone from plastering to property, uh, and then we move on to restaurants and bars and uh, and, and beauty salons. How on earth? Did all that come <laughs> Right, well, my partner, uh, Jennifer, um, obviously we've been together for 20-odd years, and, and when we met, um, she was a hairdresser, and um, she always wanted to, uh, uh, you know, uh, to have her own salon, and, 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 and basically we didn't actually start with salons. I mean, she started with a, a, a tanning centre, believe it or not, because she just wanted something to do to get her out of the house. Uh, and, and, and then but, but what we did then from there, we actually ended up having five tanning shops, believe it or not, um, because we then created a bit, a bit of a brand uh, and, and the brand by the name of Coffee Brown. So um, beauty and aesthetics, um, came in and hair um, as, as talking point over over dinner if you like um, because we have um, well she has um, two uh, grown up uh, girls uh, one being the age of 30 the other one being the age of 26 uh, one is a was a hairdresser the other one is a nail artist so it just made sense that they wanted to try to create something in terms of a one stop shop so we happen to have three units, um, lucky enough, uh, that are uh, next to one another. Uh, and the, one of the units was actually the original uh, tanning shop. Um, we did a massive sort of conversion of knocking walls out and creating uh, a new uh, platform to develop this one-stop beauty shop, which is unbelievable, to be honest, if you see it on the, on the, on the, on the website. And... Um, recreated uh, a one-stop shop her belief is that she's a, she's an interior designer in any event so you can imagine that both of us worked hand in glove because i'm construction minded creative you know very uh, you know I've, I've built many houses i've restored many houses you know i've designed gardens i've done all sorts of things that are totally different than the norm because I tend to sort of look at every product that's out there and obviously put them all into one, you know. Um, and uh, the beauty salon um, 
was something that became quite magical in terms of uh, what we created because it wasn't the normal generic uh, uh, salon or hairdressing salon. It was a salon that was made up of just pure opulence, if you like, mm. throughout. Wow. Um, now, my brother lives not very far away from you, and I pass through Newcastle under Lyme when I'm heading down to the West Country, which is where my family are from. So, uh, really? I'm going to have to check your place out, that's for sure. I'm not sure it'll be to have my nails done, but I'm definitely going to come in for a drink. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll get that organised subsequent. Now, uh, before we, we wrap up, just a, two or three more questions, if I may. Firstly, not only are you, just, not only are you talented and successful, Tony, but you're also very important as well, aren't you? You're a member of the Planning Futures Committee. Tell us um, what that is and, and what you do within it. Right. Um, well, I mean, what the, the, what that's all about, to be honest. I mean, we, we we're members of the Planning Futures, and we we're a member. And and what Planning Futures is about is each year uh, they hold a series of events, um, including debates about planning and housing within within the UK. And um, as a member, uh, by invite, you know, you, you also you join with an exclusive group of um, sort of uh, stakeholders, which includes um, academics, uh, civil servants, developers, lawyers, uh, professional organisations, politicians from uh, national and local government, um, and uh, third uh, sector um, as well. So it's it's a great way to engage in what's happening within the housing market and the challenges we face because. You know, the the housing market it takes the place of the economy. You know, as well as stocks and shares. And as you well know, you know, housing um, um, is is a, is a great way to develop yourself if you can get into it and you understand the business totally, because that's the way that you ascertain wealth. Um, you know, it's 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 housing market has been um, very kind to me because obviously it's been like the game of chess because I know the business. And knowing the business really is determined from my plastering company. And that is because on the plastering company and knowing what the developers want for half year and full year determines where we go in the housing market. Uh, so, you know, you get to learn a lot from every sector, from, you know, from being from contractor's point of view, from the developer's point of view, attending, you know, the Planning Futures events, uh, but we're due to go to the big one in, in, in Paris, which is the, the, the Miffy one, where everybody attends. You know, obviously, unfortunately, that's been cancelled this year. You know, it's an engagement of learning the business and educating and listening to, you know, the type of people that you, you resonate with. And, you know, having close sort of communication with your estate agents, even though we have an estate agent, believe it or not, with all your estate agents, your land buyers, um, you know, land and, and sort of talking to to people, to individuals like farmers, and, and so it's just all about networking and engaging. Yeah, what a journey! What a journey! Very inspiring as well. Uh, two final questions, Tony. How do we find out about you? I you know, obviously, I know about Pillarbox Group, um, but there'll be people reaching for their laptops and phones now, looking you up. So just to make it easier for them. How do they connect with you? Social media, websites, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you can website, or you can at, uh, you can just uh, tap in archaris at archaris.co.uk. Um, also, um, pillarboxgroup.com. And final question. Uh, since you uh, 
since your partner, you were talking about children, grown up now, albeit, cast your mind back to the time when you were a teenager. Let's imagine now that a young Tony Trowers comes up to his dad and says, right, dad, you know, you've done everything that you set out to achieve for yourself from musical instruments to plastering to property to beauty salons to restaurants. Uh, what one bit of advice would you give me as I set out on my journey in life? What one bit of advice, if you could drill it all down, uh, could you give me that would set me on the right path? Well, uh, quite simple, I think. Patience and persistence come together as two ways, I believe. And when there's patience, there's persistence. And where there's persistence, there's patience. And most people do not always finish what they say they want to do. You know, one thing that I always say, that you will all accomplish something, and it's the only way you do that. Believe in yourself, invest in yourself, and gain the rewards for the in the future. That is a very good way to end this podcast today. Uh, Tony Trowers, thank you so much for joining us on the Sandbury Forte podcast. There'll be lots of people reaching out to you for advice, I'm sure. But uh, your insights have been uh, particularly um, enlightening, especially given all the problems and challenges that people face right now. So on behalf of the many, many uh, tens of thousands of people listening, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sandro. Very much for Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Wasn't Tony Trowers absolutely amazing? Boy, done good. Wasn't that a great story? Remember, each week we've got a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success as Tony has or overcoming life's challenges. And life wasn't easy for him either. So please make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media, Sandro's podcast. Same on all channels, don't forget. And remember to keep the emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And please remember those two other things. To connect with me, Sandro Forte, it's the real Sandro Forte on Instagram and leave those reviews on iTunes. Until this time, next week, another great guest. Goodbye for now.